0: hello and welcome back to three princesses in a muggle world my name is Jenny and I am joined as always by my two best friends and co-hosts
1: hey everyone it's Amber and Casey welcome back we've got a special episode tonight and since this was Amber's brainchild she can kind of tell us what what are we focusing in on tonight and why is it
2: so special okay so tonight we're going to focus in on Fantasyland. Specifically Fantasyland in Disneyland. But every once in a while, we'll bring up little tidbits about Fantasyland in Disney World. And And specifically Disneyland in California.
1: Since there's so many. Yeah, Disneyland in California. We're not going um, international just yet.
2: Sadly, no. Because we haven't been international. I'm actually super jealous. One of my friends from High school just went on a trip to Disneyland Paris, and I'm like, w- "We're not friends anymore. I'm not talking to you anymore because you, you you went without me." <laughs> Fine. Um. So, Fantasyland, the original Fantasyland, did open up with the park in 1955, and that uh, Walt had this like huge, massive vision of what he wanted Fantasyland to be, but. Didn't have the budget to actually bring that to life. Uh, But in 1982, Fantasyland, the majority of it, was shut down and renovated to be able to uh, be the Fantasyland that Walt envisioned. Things have changed throughout the years to to today's date, but uh, the biggest renovation was definitely that one. And Fantasyland reopened as the new Fantasyland on May 25th, 1983. So that was 39 years ago this, like, this month. So, yeah, 39 years. And then
1: in July, because that's when it originally opened in 1955, it's going to be 67 years. So we're still kind of in, like, we'll be a week past the 39-year anniversary of the remodel, but then we're just right before, or about a month before that official first opening 67 years ago, which
2: I think is kind of cool. Yeah, and so we kind of wanted to take some time to talk about Fantasyland. We will throw out a disclaimer. This episode is definitely going to have a lot more history to it and not, not a whole lot of personal stuff, but there will be like random facts about Disneyland that I didn't know, and I know that these guys didn't know much about it either until we were like doing the research to learn more about Fantasyland that are kind of cool little tidbits uh, and it reminds so, me
0: of that scene in the first Avengers movie where it's like they asked Tony Stark they're like when did you become a master at I don't even remember what it was and he's like last night
1: I think it was astrophysics or something like that yeah. Last night. crazy yeah. like, yep. last night so yeah we just became um experts literally like An hour ago. No big deal. (laughs) (laughs) Ask me any question about
0: Fantasyland. Just not that question. Okay.
2: (laughs) Yeah. So, you know, like I said, it is going to be a little bit more of a history based. So hopefully it's not too boring for you guys. Hopefully the little random tidbits will be awesome.
1: Of course we're going to put our goofy spin on it like we have to do with everything. Don't you worry. Um, But... Speaking of history, let's get into it. Let's first take a look at Fantasyland as it debuted in 1955. So, let's talk about what was there at that opening. Okay, so
0: the first thing that you're going to see when you walk into Disneyland or Disney World or any park is the castle. Um, Disneyland's castle is called the Sleeping Beauty Castle. And it is actually the opening of Fantasyland. Like, you walk through the Sleeping Beauty castle, and there's Fantasyland. And it was there opening day. Yep.
1: yep. And it's still there today. Yep. It is the oldest castle. Castle glory. So once we get past that Sleeping Beauty castle, we are met with various uh, rides and attractions. And I want to talk about the first one because... I absolutely love Peter Pan. That was my favorite Disney movie growing up as a child. I still have a very nostalgic view of it when I go back and rewatch it. So Peter Pan's Flight School was one of the original opening rides. But um, for some reason, they forgot to add in Peter Pan. They had literally every other character except Peter. And explained to me how, how you can have Peter Pan's Flight without the character of Peter. But I digress. They, they got him in there eventually. <laughs> yeah.
2: When they did the renovations, they brought in Peter Pan. There was also a restaurant. I can't remember what the name of it was because I forgot to write it down. But there was a restaurant in Fantasyland that when they were doing all the renovations, it got shut down. But it was a Pirates themed one, like from Peter Pan, like the Pirates from Peter Pan. And... So a lot of the decorations from that ended up being incorporated in the ride. And I think I remember reading that Peter Pan's flight
1: was one of the most popular rides when it first opened. And I think, Jenny, I think you were starting to tell an interesting fact about it, weren't you? Yeah, so an
0: interesting fact about Peter Pan's flight that I have heard, I don't know how true this is, but apparently if you get onto your Disneyland app, you can tell how busy the park is at that current moment based on how long a a wait um, Peter Pan's flight is. Because it is such a popular ride that um, you know the park is really busy if it's like over an hour wait for Peter Pan. But you know that it's super dead if, like, right now, because I have the app open, and let me just double-check to make sure I'm not telling no lies, um, it's only a 30-minute wait. So I would guess that, you know, the park isn't that busy today.
1: Once again, this this episode's coming out a week later, so... Yeah. 30 minutes may no longer be accurate, but...
2: <laughs> and... The other thing to keep in mind is a lot of Fantasyland, including Peter Pan's flight, does close down an hour early before the fireworks. So it is possible that the line is that short because they're preparing for it to be closed down for the fireworks. Gotcha. That is another possibility of why that line is so short at this current moment when we're, while we're recording. But... I do agree. It is one of the most popular rides. I actually haven't been on it recently because of the fact that I just don't want to stand in that long of a line. I love the ride, but it's not worth an hour long long wait, and I've never seen it less than that. I've <laughs> so...
1: never been on it, despite my love of Peter Pan. I've never been on it because, as I've mentioned, I've only been to Disneyland twice. One, I was very small. I don't even really remember it. The second time was for Grad's Night, literally ten years ago, and I probably did not want to wait in that long line because I was tired. And we'll get to a fun story about that later for one of the Fantasyland (laughs) attractions. But I was I was saying before
0: um, the podcast started tonight that we should just take this show on the road and have a live (laughs) podcast at Disneyland. As we go on all these different rides, especially since Casey is such a Disney novice.
2: I, I'm down for that. My, my annual pass doesn't expire until August, so we go before, before August. We made that plan when the wait time was only 15
1: minutes. That was okay, but now it's a 30-minute wait time. We're not going to do that. <laughs> not no more. Right. Anyway, so Peter Pan's flight was their opening
2: day. Uh, what else was their opening day? So we have Mr. Toad's Wild Ride, which on opening day, it was actually the shortest ride in Disneyland, lasting only 93 seconds. <laughs> and that it's as part of its renovation before it reopened in 1983 and that they definitely added to the ride. And it's no longer that short of a ride. But when it initially opened, it was the shortest ride at Disneyland at 93 seconds long. Have you ever been on this ride, Amber? Yes, I have. I've been on it several times. It's a pretty fun ride. Um, Mr. Toad is not a very popular movie. Most people don't know who Mr. Toad is. and uh, But he basically is this toad that lives in this mansion. And he has this car and he thinks he's all that. But then at one point in time, I'm pretty sure that's one of the ones you end up in hell. And But I don't remember. Yeah, the, see, that
1: was described to me before we started recording. Right after Jenny told me it's more of the kitty land. And then she mentioned there's a ride that takes you to hell. And I'm like,
2: So that's the funny part is quite honestly, while fantasy land is definitely considered more of a kiddie land and most like adults don't go there by themselves. Like it's usually filled with a lot more kids. Funny enough to me, some of those movies are some of those rides are a lot darker. Like we're going to get into one of them that was like super dark and scary that, you know, I'm just like, the ride. Yeah, you know what? Let's let's talk about that ride. Let's talk about that right now. Snow White's Scary Adventures? What? So Scary
1: Adventures
2: Snow White's been through multiple renovations and that when it initially opened it was not Scary Adventures, it was her Adventures. I don't know what exactly that entails. I don't know what changed in the ride exactly, but When it reopened in 1983, it did reopen as Snow White's Scary Adventures. That's the one I grew up going on. And it definitely depends on, like, your level of fear. If I would go as far as saying it's really actually scary, to me, it definitely was just, it took a lot of the darker aspects of the movie itself and that and focused in on those aspects. So, it just depends on, do you consider the darker aspects of Snow White scary? If you're a small child, probably.
0: I would like to say right now that, and I've seen this prop up on Facebook again, um, apparently, once upon a time, um, like, Disney, and I don't mean Walt in that sense, but, like, Disney in general, thought about opening a park um, for, like, the Disney villains. That would be cool.
1: I'm down for that. But I, I don't think that would be for kids, though. No, probably I not. I think would be more for older, like Scary Adventures. That, to me, would be like an older kid's ride, not a young kid's ride. But,
0: yeah. So, Amber, have you been on the renovated one back that reopened in 2021 20- with Snow White's Enchanted Wish?
2: Yes, and quite honestly, I don't know that I can tell the difference. <laughs> like, I feel like nothing really changed. And that, uh, but funny story. So while you're going through this ride, you're basically, the a ride itself is a mine cart. And that is basically what you're in. And uh, it's meant to look like a mine cart as you're going through. And it's, it's Snow White's story. Basically you're going through and seeing different visual aspects of her story. And at one point in time, you're, go as you're going there's this giant mirror and you see the equine standing there doing her whole mirror mirror who's the fairest one of all and then suddenly she turns and when she turns she's actually the old hag definitely has its scary aspects for the little kids and so it's kind of funny when you say that fantasy land is just a bunch of kitty rides that's what Jenny said, I want to be clear. Well, that's that's how I was raised. Well, no, that's that's what I, a lot of people say. That's what a lot of people say. Like, and I even say it. Like I agree, like and I don't know that necessarily when I say kitty rides that I'm necessarily meaning like your toddlers because Snow White is probably a little scary for your toddlers. But, you know, your 8, 9-year-olds that's It's probably perfect age. Fantasyland is perfect age for those guys. But I love Fantasyland, and I grew up loving Fantasyland, so I'm maybe a little biased about how awesome Fantasyland is.
0: I... Um, as it has been stated before, I was raised in a family that, um, my very first time going to Disneyland, as my parents tell the story, they had me wear platform shoes and a hat to make me look taller. So like, that's why I haven't been on a lot of these rides is because we were more about like the older kids rides. And so whenever we did go over to Fantasyland, it was just for like Small World and Matterhorn and things like that, which we'll get into later. But um, one of the rides that I have been on actually later on in my life, I know that makes me sound so old. I'm not meaning for it to, but it was actually just a couple of years ago. Um, We were tired, it was hot. And so we decided to go on the Storybook Canal ride. Which was, is actually a really cool ride. Um, and it was also open the first day. I'm not going to get too much into it because, Amber, I know you really like this ride. But I liked how it takes you through different fairy tales and stuff like that. And, like, it's, like, these little teeny tiny villages built on the side of, like, this creek almost. I wouldn't really call it a river. Um and it's like these villages show you like the story of fairy tales that we all grew up with. But not necessarily like Disney fairy tales, more like Hansel and Gretel and stuff like that.
2: So Hansel and Gretel, at least now, is not a part of that. It is all Disney stories, at least last time I went on it, which was... Oh, maybe wrong. Good. And uh, you start off with... I'm pretty sure one of the very first ones you they talk about is Alice in Wonderland. They have like a little miniaturized version of um like Aladdin and and that in Agrabah they've got tons of other little like miniaturized versions and they talk about how Tinkerbell keeps the uh, like little plants alive but makes sure they stay small. And that, because they've got, like, a succulent garden that's really cute. And more recently, they've added in, like, Frozen. And so they've got, like, this big old Arendelle El Castle. They've got a little miniaturized oaken trading post. And that, and every time we drive by, I go, yoo big summer blowout. It just comes <laughs> out. Not part of the tour, like they just say, and there's Oaken Streeting Post, and I go, Yoohoo, big summer blowout! You can't say Oaken Streeting Post without saying that quote. Just saying, true, but yeah, so it takes you through like a bunch of little cute stories, and it's just really sweet, and I love it.
1: I, I don't think this is one that I went on when we were there for grads night because. It's. It really seems like that Jenny really didn't want us to go to Fantasyland. She was. She was kind of our tour guide when we went there, since she was the one who, you know, went so often. She was kind of the little tour guide of our friend group, and I just feel like she just didn't take us. She only took us to one ride, and that was because I insisted on it. But we'll get to that ride later. Um. But while we're kind of talking on Storybook Canal, I want to talk about real quick because there is a connection between them on a former attraction that was open on opening day as well, the Canal Canal Boats of the World. And I was just looking into the history of it, and storybook canals kind of overtook it and absorbed it, because we talked about at the start of this episode that Walt Disney had a really big imagination and kind of a big plan for what Fantasyland was going to be and it didn't quite make it in 1955. It was really hit upon in you know its 83 renovation and the canal boats of the world was one of the concepts that Walt had that it just was too grand of an idea and they weren't able to actually do it in reality in in 55 when it opened it was just it was too much for the time period and it was very very minimal like there was nothing in this ride except boats in water like they didn't have landscaping they didn't have characters on this it was just dirt and water and boats and the boats didn't even run that well they were constantly overheating like this attraction this ride was not ready when it was opened in in 1955 and as as you can imagine they weren't exactly a fan favorite due to this so it it closed down pretty soon after i think let's see yeah it was it closed down after a year and then storybook just kind of took over and that was the main boat ride
2: yeah that actually kind of makes me a little sad cuz i feel like you know If it was supposed to be similar to, like, storybook canals and, like, be, like, this whole, like, miniaturized thing where it was, like, the world, I could only imagine what Walt had envisioned. And, like, I feel like had he had the budget and been able to do this, I feel like it would have been a great ride and I would have loved to have experienced his vision of it. Yeah. Not necessarily what it ended up being, but his vision of it.
0: <laughs> yeah. I think Walt was truly a visionary
1: man. Yeah, I We all knew that. <laughs> I don't blame them for just scrapping it. There's a couple of pictures and it really is so underwhelming to look at. It really is just dirt hills, boat in the water. That's that's all there is to it. Like this does not read Disney whatsoever. This could literally be like you're in the swamps of Florida, just going about your day. Like, this is not Disney whatsoever. So I I definitely understand why it wasn't that successful and why they just kind of killed it and focused more on the storybook. Because it does sound like storybook definitely meets that vision.
2: Yeah. And from my understanding with, like, reading into, like, the history of Fantasyland and Walt's vision, like, basically was almost like storybook canals, but, like, the whole thing being almost like that. Like, he wanted it to be, like, when you stepped into Fantasyland, he wanted it to be that you were stepping into that story. And kind of going back to, like, Peter Pan's flight, he, the building originally was just that. It was just a building. There was nothing fancy about it, where when it got shut down and renovated, it got renovated so that it looks like you're going into, like, a clock tower. So it feels more like you're stepping into the story, which is what he really wanted, was for you to feel like you were stepping into that particular story.
0: And that's what, like, Disneyland is all together. I feel like... Since we've started talking about this, at some point in time, we really should just break down the other lands of Disneyland, because that's what Disneyland was, like, supposed to be, is, like, stepping into the movies, and that's why, like, when you first enter the park itself, you, like, go through those tunnels, and you see the quote-unquote coming attractions, and stuff like that, like, yes, I know that we've gone through and we've talked about the rise and everything like that, but maybe, like, breaking down the history
1: and stuff like that, I think it would yeah. be fun. Oh, so, wait. I'm looking more into the canal boats of the world, and I don't think it was overtaken by storybook. I think it became storybook. It's possible. Yeah, so I think that I think they just scrapped the name, and they just turned it into storybook, rather than they both existed at the same time.
2: Yeah, that's possible. So I think,
1: I think it was Canal Boats when it opened in '55, and then they re- renovated it and then became Storybook in '56, which makes, makes sense, sense because which Canal Boats was not finished whatsoever. It was it was an incomplete ride, so it makes sense that yeah, okay, okay. So the next ride that we're talking about is
0: Dumbo, Dumbo the Flying Elephant, and it is one of those rides where you get in your Um, it's an elephant, but that felt weird to say, so I was going to try to say something else. But you get into the elephant, and it takes off, and you go around in circles, and then you touch back down. And that was um, also opened in 1955, and then it was amongst those that was renovated and reopened in 1983.
1: So question from a novice. How is this flying ride different from Peter Pan's flying ride?
2: So Peter Pan's flight is more of a story type thing. You go, you you're put in the attraction is basically you you get into a flying ship, a pirate ship, and you fly through the story of Peter Pan and that versus Dumbo is um you know the ride in Tomorrowland that's the Rockets. Nope. So with Dumbo, you get in. I did take and- her to Tomorrowland, okay? <laughs> I did we take- so didn't ride the thread, you- but yeah, when you first walk into Tomorrowland, it's the one that's right there. That's the rockets that go up and down. But you're so with Dumbo, you're outside. It's not an indoor one. You're outside. You get in, and you can control how high or how low Dumbo flies, basically. And so you're just flying in a circle. And then you just go around in a circle outside and you can go up and down. Fun
0: fact. So at Disney World, um, there is Fantasyland and then there is New Fantasyland. And apparently Dumbo the Flying Elephant is so popular in Florida that they actually made another one. So there are two Dumbo the Flying Elephants at Disney World, unless that's changed. But as of the last time that I heard about it, there was two of them. Oh, the exact same ride? Yeah. Are they in different locations? I think one's in
1: Fantasyland and then one's in New Fantasyland. But I mean, like, are they nearby? So it's just like, oh, we count this as an extension. Or they're like in absolutely different locations. They're just two of them. I think they're close to each other. Like, you could see
0: one from the other.
1: Okay. Let me open
0: my Disney World <laughs> app. <laughs>
1: Let's continue salt the app here. I'm just curious because, like, if if they're near each other, you can just say, "Oh yeah, this is so popular. We built some more rides for it. It's all one." Wink, wink. But if they're literally like ones at the front of the park and ones at the back, you mm, that you could have made the same ride but use like different theme to it. You know? Well, it's funny because it won't actually let me look at like
0: the names of the rides because um, Disney World is like three hours ahead so it's closed, but it looks like they're pretty close to each other. Like, not super duper close to each other, like you have to walk, but they're pretty close to each other.
2: So, with Disneyland, the rocket ride that's in Tomorrowland is basically the exact same thing. It's just, it was re-themed to be rockets for, as part of, like, Tomorrowland. I think it's I think they're Astro Blasters is the exact term. Um, And so, you know, for Disneyland, they at least did completely change what it was. But Dumbo, surprisingly, is actually pretty popular in even Disneyland. So it's been a while since y'all have been able to hear me me say
0: this, but we're all mad here. So let's talk about the Mad Tea
2: Party. (laughs) So... That one was one that was original. This is the spinning cup, right? Yes, the teacups that you just sit and spin around really, really fast in. I don't ride that ride. It makes me sick just watching people spin around in circles on that ride. But... were you the one that wrote that in that one Disney group? Cause,
1: Cause somebody wrote that in a Disney group and I was like, huh, interesting. Very cool. Keep that in mind for the next time I go. (laughs) All right. Up next, we're coming to a close on all the original rides that opened. Um, But I think this one is a fairly popular one. And the more I'm thinking about it, the more I'm starting to remember it. And that is King Arthur's Carousel, which was first made in 1922 in Toronto. And then I guess Disney moved it to Disneyland, which I think is kind of cool that they just like... Hey, that's a nice carousel. We want it. And took it. <laughs> and then I think Jenny also had another fun little fact about this one. So, um,
0: my little fun fact is something that probably everybody knows about Walt Disney himself. And it's how he came up with the idea of Disneyland. Um, He used to always take his daughters out, like, you know, on daddy-daughter dates or whatever. And he would take them so that they could ride the carousel. And his daughters just loved riding that carousel. And um, Disney would sit there and watch them have fun and wonder to himself, why on earth were there not more rides for adults? And thus the idea of Disneyland began, was born, whatever you want to call it.
2: (laughs) Which is why whenever, whenever somebody shames you for being a Disney adult laugh at them and say no I'm just doing exactly what Walt meant this part to be yep yeah
0: I'm also pretty sure that like one of the horses is named after his wife or was like really special to his wife or something like that but
1: oh I, I did not know that whole history but yeah this is one that I'm starting to remember more because when I first went to Disneyland I was probably four or five And my sister would have been, like, two or three, somewhere around there, probably closer to three. And we went on this. My dad took us on this, and we actually have really um, nice portraits that I believe we got at Disneyland of us riding it. So this is one of those, like, core memories I do have that kind of seep back in the more I'm thinking about it of me and my dad just on it together. My sister was there, but whatever. She's not important to the story.
2: (laughs) So... Another random fun fact. So right in front of King Arthur's carousel, wouldn't end that if you're facing the castle, they actually have the sword in the stone. And you can go and pretend to pull on the sword. Little known fact was when that first opened, there is actually a button like behind the scenes somewhere that cast members could occasionally push that would actually release the sword. Ended up, for whatever reason, that didn't really work the best in their favor, and so they don't use that button anymore. So you can't actually pull the sword out, but you used to be able to pull the sword out if if the cast member pushed the special magical button that's behind the scenes somewhere. Wait, I kind of want to hear the story of why they don't push the button anymore.
1: I don't know the story. Otherwise, I would totally share the story. Somebody probably took the sword or something. Yeah, I could see that. Maybe they started swinging it around.
2: Yeah, so I don't know why they don't do it anymore. I just, that was actually a random fact I learned in one of my Disneyland um, groups. Somebody mentioned that that's how it used to be. So, yeah, yeah. fun random fact for you.
0: Okay, Amber, how about you also tell us about Casey Jr.'s train?
2: Yeah, this is the final ride that was there on opening day. Yep. So you've got Casey Junior's Train, which is from Dumbo as well. It's this one is where a lot of your like oh fantasy land is for little kids comes from because Casey Junior's Train is definitely for your little tiny kids and um, that uh, you get on like this train where you actually get in the carts of like what the animals were ro- would have rode in and so you know you have your cart that's an elephant cart and a lion one and each one is like unique to what that cart looks like in the movie and you go around this little on this little train and that and i don't honestly even remember much outside of that but it's a little train ride for kids And I know that I used to really like it as a kid, but that's about all I could tell you of that one. So I was the one that did a little bit of research on this one, and
0: I found it interesting that it opened on opening day, and the next day they closed it for, like, a couple of weeks for testing. Like, it was not really prepared for opening day, but they're like, yeah, we'll open it for opening day, and then they closed it and did some testing on it, and then they reopened it, like, shortly thereafter, like.
1: Kind of seems like a theme there, considering what happened <laughs> with the canal boats. It doesn't seem like they were fully ready for opening day, which is interesting. But well,
0: that's the thing about Disneyland, though, is Walt has come out had come out and said, because he's no longer with us, um that like Disneyland and Disney World will never be finished. So, like a lot yeah. of people did comment on the fact that, like, um you know, your park's not done. And he's like, well, that's the thing is we don't want it to ever be done. We want to be continuously changing things and making it better and stuff.
1: Yes, but there's a difference between just wanting to add things and then opening up unfinished rides. Yeah. There's a
0: difference. You
1: know, like I said, the canal boats, there was nothing. It was it was a boat in water with dirt. No, nothing else.
2: Yeah. So those are our rides that were originally there in 1955. A lot of those rides did close down for some extensive renovations in ni- in the 1982 timeframe and then were reopened in 1983. Some, some of them, they were actually moved from the location that they were at in 1955, as well as some of them just kind of went through some transformations to bring them technology wise, just up to what technology was back in 1983. And uh, and so there have been quite a bit of changes in a lot of those rides, but some of them haven't really changed much since day one, which is kind of cool.
0: That's really cool. And there's quite a bit of them too. Like, yes, they had you know kind of a stutter start on the canal boats and Casey Junior, but like Peter Pan's flight was pretty much the same, except no Peter. Which house? <laughs> and everything else though like you know it's been pretty much the same since then just some renovations and like the main storyline is the same yeah and i think i think that's some of the magic of disney is like i still watch old disney movies with my nieces and nephews that i watched when i was a kid and it's just awesome that's what it is (laughs)
1: yeah it is. And you said that the, the park's never finished. They want to keep adding more to it. So let's talk about the four remaining rides that were added after the fact to Fantasyland. And, Jenny, I think you were saying that this is one of your top ones or you have a good story, so you want to introduce it?
0: The Matterhorn! First of all, the Matterhorn is really cool to me because, like, different things about it are in German and I took German in high school. So I always feel like a little bit cooler because I'm like, I understood that even though I don't understand that much German anymore. Um, And it was opened in 1959 just so that we're all up to date on when it was opened. Um, And the Matterhorn is just a really cool ride. There are a lot of interesting facts about the Matterhorn, like There used to be a break room at the top of the Matterhorn that cast members could go up there and, like, play basketball and stuff like that up there, um, which is really cool. Um, And um, the Yeti used to be able to move. I don't think he moves as much anymore, or I might be getting that confused with um, Everest, which is in Disney World. But the Yeti... Nothing
2: like
0: Matterhorn. Nope. It's not. And actually, I think actually I'm wrong. And the Matterhorn is the abominable snowman and the yetis at Disney World. Okay. Like I said, I could be wrong. It sounds like I am. And I've I've heard that the best side to ride, because like they let you pick a side, like to stand in line. And I've heard that the best side is the left side. Don't know how true that is, but that's what I've heard.
2: That's what my sister says. So, but. So, we are running kind of short on time. So, just some little quick things for the last three rides. We have Small World, which was opened in 1966.
1: I got to talk uh, about Small World. This is like the one yeah. ride I know for sure I've ridden. So, this this is a glorious ride for anyone that has had a very long day walking the park. Yeah. This is what, it's like a good 10-15 minutes of just sitting, right? I think that's uh-huh. what it was. Yeah, like, good. It's a a solid 10, 15 minutes, which is absolutely glorious when you have been up all night on a bus to get to Disneyland and all day walking (laughs) around the parks enjoying the different rides and food and stuff and when you just need a break to just sit and not do anything. It's not the most comfortable. The boats are not very comfortable. But I think this was the only one we absolutely made a point to because I turned to Jenny and I'm like, what's a ride we can just sit down on for a good long time? And she was like, girl, I don't care that the song was stuck in our heads for like hours after that. We got to sit down for an extended amount of time. And
2: I was so thankful. So that is my memory of it's a small world. So with it's a small world, it has been in like occasionally gone through renovations. Like during the holiday season, it actually does not sing. It's a small world. For the whole ride, it is intertwined with—I don't remember which Christmas song—but there is a Christmas song in there. Um, as well as recently, they just added the like some of the Disney characters and uh, to the attraction, and so you can kind of be like, "There's that character," <laughs> "There's that character," and then my little rant, I guess, on "It's a Small World" comes from Kingdom Keepers. It. So it creepy. made it so it a small work it's a small world is actually kind of scary ride for me. <laughs> and uh, like i go on it but the entire time i'm like on the edge of my seat like goosebumps and you're like why it's just a song of it's a small world and these dolls doing these weird dance to it Well, in Kingdom Keepers, the dolls come alive and attack the main characters and, like, are trying to eat them. So, in the back of my mind, that's all that's going through my head. And I'm like, terrified these dolls are going to come alive and try to eat me. (laughs) I really need to reread those books again. I need to, too, because I don't think I ever actually finished the whole series. But that is forever ingrained in my mind. So.
1: Weren't they gonna do something to it? Don't they have plans to change it
2: or something in the next year or so?
1: Or am I misremembering it?
2: Not that I'm aware of. I haven't heard anything. There was a lot of misunderstanding about Encanto being brought to it because people were thought, the way the article like was titled was totally misleading. So if you didn't actually go read the article, it sounded like they were going to basically You take out It's a Small World and make it in Kanto, which is not what happened. They were doing a light show projection at night that was We Don't Talk About Bruno and that, and was that. So I don't know if maybe that's what you had seen and were thinking. Maybe. Yeah. And then we have Alice in Wonderland that opened in 1984 or 1958. Sorry. I can... You were happy.
1: They they revamped it in eighty four, but originally they yep. opened it in eighty eight.
2: Yeah, it was revamped in eighty four and also revamped in two thousand fourteen. Then you have Pinocchio's daring journey that was opened in, as part of the new Fantasyland in nineteen eighty three, and that's another one that falls under. It's kind of terrifying for little kids, if you ask me. And uh, okay, but,
1: why why Jenny? You got some explaining to do, like. Why did we skip over so much of Fantasyland if there's some like scary rides in there? Like, you made me go on the Haunted Which one? The, the, the Haunted one that Mansion? Dropped? Is that the one that oh, drops? No. We um, did go on the Haunted Mansion. We did go on the Haunted Mansion. We went on that and uh, Tower of Terror. The and, Tower? Yeah, that's yeah. what it was. get to go on the Tower of Terror? Wow, I was yes, really good did. back then. Yes. You got both you of us too. I, was, I was, did a pretty good job. Except we didn't go to Fantasyland. Like, they sounded like these scary rides were cool.
2: Explain so,
1: yourself, Jenny. So all I can say is how I was raised is we pretty much skipped over
0: Fantasyland. And so that's why, like, as we were going through, I'm like, I haven't been on, like, any of these rides. Because those were just not the rides. Those are not the rides that are important to my family. I shouldn't say it in past tense cuz it's it's still the same. Um so uh, that's why
1: you call yourself a Disney fanatic. Disney freak, uh, get it
2: right. <laughs> so there's a lot of like rides that, you know, aren't there anymore that we didn't get to really talk about and that uh, but I do want to kind of talk a little bit about the castle before we close out cuz I Found some interesting facts about it. So when the castle first opened, there was, like, this huge area in it that wasn't being used for anything. And Walt was like, okay, come on, Imagineers. We need to come up with something because this is kind of stupid having all this space and not using it. And that's when they came up with the walkthrough. And so you get to walk through, like, the story of Sleeping Beauty as you go through the castle. And that opened in 1957. It got changed. And that into. Being a little bit different. In 1959. And then in 2001. It actually shut down. And didn't reopen. Until 2008. And uh, so. For like several years. It was like you couldn't walk through the castle. And, uh, and they said it was. They claimed it was just because it wasn't very popular but I think it's actually kind of a cool little thing to be able to walk through. So I highly recommend it. It's, and it gets you out of the heat. <laughs> like, yes, you have to do the walking. So you don't get to sit down, but you at least get out of the heat. So yes, there's a plus. So go through the castle, get out of the heat and then hit
1: up. It's a small world. So you can sit down for a little bit. <laughs>
2: <laughs> yes. yes. So that is our wrap on kind of some of the history of fantasy land. I hope that everybody enjoyed learning some of these cool and random facts about fantasy land as we are celebrating the 39th year of the new fantasy land that walt envisioned uh, so happy fantasy
0: land please let us know what you think please let us know if you want to hear more of the different um history from disneyland and disney world and also please let us know how much you want to hear casey's take if we finally get her to go back to disneyland (laughs) yeah we'll we'll get there eventually but you know maybe once we reach like a thousand a hundred listeners or whatever we'll go
1: i love how you you said one and then you realize and then you readjusted (laughs) like let's hang on let's set them more (laughs) <laughs> Do a realistic goal here. But let us know your favorite Fantasyland ride. Let us know maybe one that you haven't
2: tried yet, that now you are interested in. And let us also know your random Fantasyland facts cuz you know, we didn't talk about all the random facts. So that would take way too long. And that. Uh, so if you have a favorite random fact that we didn't bring up, let us know what it is. And as always, have a magical week. Bye.